It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. The Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. The week's most interesting interviews with senators, commentators, and newsmakers. Giving you a replay just in case you missed it. The Guy Benson Show. Back here on the Guy Benson Show. Glad to have you. GuyBensonShow.com, our website. The podcast is free every day, and we are thrilled to welcome back to the show our friend and colleague Dana Perino, co-anchor of America's Newsroom, co-host of The Five, New York Times bestselling author, most recently of the book Everything Will Be Okay. Hello, Dana. Welcome back. Hello. I jumped right in there. I almost interrupted you because I was so excited to be back. But no false start. That's a football reference. I know you're a big Uh sports fan, Dana, Uh so you know. No flag on the play. Dana, before we get into some of the news of the day, I've been talking to a lot of our Fox colleagues over the last week or so about this big, exciting 25-year anniversary mark for this network and the real shift in the landscape of American media and politics that Fox has caused. And Mm -hmm. you've been here now for years. Of course, you were on the other side of the podium as well in your time at the White House working for President George W. Bush. I just wonder what your reflections are broadly on this 25-year mark and this sort of birthday party for Fox News. Then maybe do you have one memory that really stands out as perhaps encapsulating your experience thus far here at Fox? Oh, my gosh, such great questions. Um, It's interesting. I've been here 11 years, and it's strange because I still feel new because – the culture of the place is so strong. And the other day when we had the actual anniversary, 136 people who still work here were here on day one. Wow. And I I think that's quite remarkable 25 years later. Um, And to think what they started with, right? Everybody made fun of them. Rupert Murdoch said that people thought he was crazy, throwing away money. And I'm glad that he uh, gets to have the last laugh on that. one of my favorite classes in college was the history of journalism. And we went all the way back, right, to the printing press, things like that. And I think about how, not right now, because modern history is like no fun, right? Because you'd have these hot takes about Fox News. But just fast forward a little bit and, and think about looking back, you know, 50 years from now. And what a difference it was to have just an alternative voice in the media, for opinion programming and also just a real dedication to news gathering that is, I think, superior. Um, by far, I would say our coverage of Afghanistan was the best on cable news. Um, and I mean, right up there with the broadcast networks, I think ABC and CBS certainly had some of the best coverage there. But we were hanging right there with them on the news side of things. So as Suzanne Scott, the CEO, says that the news side is the bread and butter, right? And the opinion side is the stuff that everybody also loves. And there's this really great blend. I also think it's been remarkable for me having been at a White House where our circle was very tight. Like those are relationships forged in fire. And I do I would do anything for those people and, and I hope they would call upon me if they ever needed help. But Guy, I feel the same way about this place. Um, mm-hmm. I could just look all around and we had such warm feelings for each other. Uh, 
as we celebrated that anniversary, I think I'm really looking forward to what's next. If I had to look at one day that really encapsulated it, I guess it would have to be the first day that we did the five in July of 2011. I was told it was going to be a temporary five-week show. Would I mind coming up here to do it during the weekdays? I could go home on the weekends, back to D.C. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Manhattan in the summer is the worst. And my husband— Five whole weeks. Yeah, when I called my husband, he said, congratulations. I said, what do you mean? And he said, this is exactly what you always wanted to do. And I think of that moment as like, oh, right, it is. And it's been a wonderful experience. And the show just took off instantly, and it's dominant. It's amazing how people have responded to The Five. And I think just to make one comment of my own on this, sparked by what you said, I think a lot of the camaraderie that we feel internally here is not just because there's a lot of really cool, fun people who work at Fox, and whether it's on air or off air, there's just some remarkable folks in the building, in D.C., in New York, and elsewhere I think the external pressures and criticisms and slings and arrows builds that level of loyalty. Like we're in this together and there's people who are constantly criticizing us and after us. And I feel like that forges a deeper bond. That's (laughs) at least least part of it for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's right. Sort of what you were saying. There's a lot of criticism. In fact, a lot of the critics are literally the exact same people. Yeah, exactly. Media liberals <laughs> who dominate everything else, right? That, yeah. That's kind of the reality. The other thing is that the number of people who have watched The Five from day one that remember things that happened years ago or things that were said or um, a, a specific moment on the show, and they really do think of themselves as a special part of our extended Fox family Totally. And that's pretty neat. I mean, I, I, it's, it's funny to think about people saying, oh, my gosh, do you remember when Jesse said this or Greg said that? And um, you're right. Like, that show is just an incredible joy. I think one of the things that is great about it is that we don't have any script at all. We just show up prepared to talk about what we want to talk about. But um, you never know what you're going to get. So um, aside from the intros that we read off the top of every segment, it is just completely unscripted. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what we do for three hours here on the radio I know, every and day. it's not easy and to do it for three hours. It's not. It's not. But there's a family element, not just our little team, and we're close-knit, the four of us here on the show, but the audience. It's part of the family. And hearing from listeners and people who get invested and they'll ask after, you know, people in my family or my dog or they're in on certain inside jokes. That's part of the joy of showing up and doing this every day. Part of the joy also, Dana, is that we get to talk about stories that at times are wildly entertaining. And I cannot get enough of this story about the vice president, Kamala (laughs) Harris. We played a clip of this on the show yesterday before a detail leaked out about the context. But this was the vice president meeting with some children talking about discovery and NASA and outer space. And she was talking to them. People are joking like she like had a lot of edibles and they all hit her at once. She was really feeling herself in this clip. It's even more amazing to watch, which we can't do here on the radio. And the kids are dutifully sitting there listening as she's rhapsodizing about space and discovery or what have you. This is what it sounded like, just as a reminder, cut three. To think about so much that's out there that we still have to learn like, I love that. I love that. And so I'm very excited about the Space Council. We're going to learn so much um, as we increasingly, I think, are curious and interested. 
in the potential for the discoveries and the work we can do in space. So that's one of the things I'm most excited about. And she goes on at one point, I'm telling it's going to be unbelievable. You can see the moon with your own eyes. And the kids are like, whoa, she's talking to them like they're five. They look like they're maybe 12 or 13. So there's the awkwardness there. And then we learned last night that these were not kids from some local school. That was my assumption, like the, the science club. From one of the local D.C. schools came in to learn about this, and it's a YouTube series called Get Curious with Vice President Harris. These were actually child actors who had to audition (laughs) for these parts, and they booked these parts to show up and play average kids, which is probably why they looked so engaged and enthralled as opposed to slightly creeped out by this woman. I don't understand what the thought process was here to have paid child actors come in for this it makes it even more hilarious to me dana i think that's the thing that we should all do with this we just have you just have to laugh this is one of my very favorite shows of the last several years is veep i recommend it to everybody like this would have happened on veep it literally would have happened and then when the white house um responded today (laughs) when the vice president's office responded their statement was something like we had no idea that this was happening we had nothing to do with the child actors and I said, oh, don't worry. We didn't think you had a clue about any of it. I mean, that is a pattern that we are seeing over and over again. You know, they yeah, hired a- they don't know anything. They hired an image consultant to help her seem more relatable. And in order to do that, they had to hire <laughs> child actors. And also, Guy, do you know that this was all happening? She actually filmed this on the day where Afghanistan was falling apart. It was that day? I, was, I can't remember the exact date, but it was, yeah, it was one of those days. I'm trying to find it in my notes right here. Um, yeah, it was one of those, like, one of like, those days Ooh. where you're thinking, oh, my gosh, did this, um, you know, you see everything uh, disintegrating, kids getting kicked out, girls getting kicked out of school, things like that. Um, wait, here it is, Ooh. right here it is, like, right here. Bring the actors in. Bring the kid actors in here, and they're going to uh, ooh and ah as the vice president talks about outer space. Yep. Yep. Um, but here's the thing. Um, just laugh about it, right? So they use yeah. taxpayer dollars. But oh wait, I forgot the best part. Forgot the best part. Yeah. The name of the production company. Uh huh. I love this. Sinking Ship Entertainment. Honestly, this is Veep. <laughs> even even the and writers of Veep Canadian. could not have come up with this. It's that funny. They're not even American. They're not even an American yeah, production. Yeah, Toronto. Company. How about that? They're they're, they're a Canadian group America called Sinking Second. Ship. America second. And they brought these kids in. And there's one one of the child actors who I think is 13 uh, who auditioned. And then his agent called him and said, hey, you booked the gig. And the gig was to come and pretend to be interested at the Naval Observatory with Kamala Harris who's uh, carrying on with these children, I guess. Did you notice the other part of that, Dana, where it's like she psyched herself up to talk to kids and had – sort of a mismatch in her brain of the tone yeah. for the age group. Because you talk to tweens or adolescents very differently than first graders. But she was going first grader with the tweens. I think that so one I, of the problems I saw some person- for her Go has ahead. been for a long time that she doesn't seem authentic. Um, and you saw that in the focus group. Don't take that from me. Um, th- this is from Democratic voters. Um, that there was an authenticity pro- problem. And you saw and this over and over again. And uh, they don't do her any favors 
as an image consultant saying, oh, this would might be a really great way to make her seem relatable by hiring child actors and putting her in a position where she's not comfortable. So what do you get for, for this? They're going to put this on a YouTube channel. What voter exactly, what voter constituency are you going for? What do you actually care about? Do you have any idea what's going on in this country? Um, Guy, I have to say that I just find it mystifying that somebody who achieves this incredible accomplishment of becoming the first woman vice president is basically not doing anything with the power of the office. And yeah. I, and, and I, I, well, I realize that a lot it. of people might think that whatever she would do on the border might not be what they want, but at least you could admire her for trying. She literally is doing nothing that you can see. There's nothing tangible. And I think what a waste of an opportunity. And I, I oh, say that here publicly because I would like to say to her in person, like, come on, just do it. Like, for example, when those three guys in the Biden administration went down to Mexico last week to talk about the immigration problem and she didn't go and she's supposed to be in charge of the issue. There's no way I would have let them go without me. Heck no. I would have said, actually, you guys are invited to ride on my plane and I will be leading the delegation and you can brief me while we are on our way there. Because the president put her in charge of this. That was Biden's decision. I don't think she wants to be in charge of it. I think she'd much rather do this with with Get Curious. I have to note, by the way, Dana, Allah Pundit writing at Hot Air had a very funny take on this entire imbroglio. It is straight out of Veep. He said you needed child actors because she was acting so out there in her conversation, this, this painfully phony, weird affect that normal school kids would have been looking at each other with side eye like, uh, what the hell is this woman talking about? So you needed people who were really professionals to pretend like everything was normal and good. And they did a very good job. And one of the kids was quoted as saying, oh, she's uh, she's very charming. She's very charismatic. And all upon it said, well, he would have to say that if he wants to land the role in Get Curious 2, <laughs> the sequel from uh, Sinking Ship Productions. But Dana, you mentioned the vice president not really asserting herself on the border or really on anything. She seems to have been sidelined by the president's team, but also self-sidelining in some ways. Yeah. The president, meanwhile, is not taking questions almost ever. We ran through yeah. some of the stats yesterday. The RNC went back and looked at the tape. He has not taken a question on Afghanistan in 32 days. Mm. He's done one sit-down interview. As you know, when you put a principal, you know, the president or whomever, down – and you sit them down for a one-on-one interview, that interviewer, that journalist has an opportunity to really go back and forth and dig deeper and and ask follow-ups. He has exposed himself or subjected himself to that type of grilling one time in the last almost three months. Obviously, this is a strategy that they have decided on. They've landed on it saying, I guess the president defending himself and making his case would do more harm, and therefore we are going to shield him from questions as often as possible. What do you make, Dana, of that strategy? I think it's terrible. I mean, it might, they might think that it's helping him, but look at the poll numbers. Uh, they're in free fall. So it seems to me like the White House is floundering. And also, what happened to return to norms? I thought we were returning to norms. Um, and the norms is that the president takes questions from the press. President Trump took questions all the time. Uh, And even though the press, the mainstream media really couldn't stand him, they loved the fact that they had access to him. And because they 
seem to try to treat President Biden with kid gloves. They're not complaining about no access. I have to tell you, if I was White House press secretary, uh, I could imagine during the Bush administration, if President Bush didn't take questions for this long on such an important topic that is of great national interest, um, I would have heard about it from the White House Correspondents Association. They would have been beating down my door. But also, I would have wanted to help provide that. However, I didn't... I just worked for a president who would never would have put me in that position. Right. So as much as you think the staff won't let him, the staff won't let him. Look, he's in charge. He is the commander in chief. He gets to decide. And DeRoy Murdoch of National Review had a really good piece in which he said Biden is in charge. Like a lot, many people might think that everybody else is running the show, but that lets him off too easily. Yep. He loves. No, he, he's making he, these he used decisions. to love to talk to the press. He knows he should talk to the press. And that's why he always says, oh, they told me not to take questions. So that he can blame somebody else. And it's not just Afghanistan. It's the border. I mean, there are multiple concurrent crises. He's presiding over all of them. And he deigns to take a question here or there every so often with very few follow-ups. He often snaps at reporters who might shout a question at him. It's not a great look to put it very mildly, but it is what they've landed on as their their tactical footing moving forward here. And it isn't going well, but I guess their fear is it could go even worse the more he talks. And that's the calculation apparently that they have made thus far. Dana Perino, we've got to let you go. I know you're preparing for the five coming up (laughs) in just over an hour on Fox News Channel. We always love chatting with you. Let's have you back soon. Okay. Oh, you bet. Bye, guys. Our friend Dana Perino and our colleague on The Guy Benson Show. More right after this. That was this week's edition of the Guy Benson Show Sunday Replay. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Will Cain Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox and Friends weekend host Will Cain as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.